Let's take an early look at Florida versus Utah because, man, some people have no idea what they're talking about. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And seriously, I cannot stress enough how much I appreciate anybody that like makes listening to me speak as sick as I sound or as horrible as I might sound. Uh, at making that part of your routine, cannot thank you enough. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my right work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. And I, I know that, you know, yesterday was a big day, getting Fletcher Westfall, big day. However, I'm, ba- I'm backtracking to, I think it was Saturday. Uh, I think a good deal of people, whether you follow me on Twitter or not, saw me arguing with Matt Patton from Rivals, who uh, covers Utah. And he put out a little thread that was complete garbage. Um, he did raise some solid points, but of course he went the Twitter Homer route of going, even though similar things happen to our teams, it's bad because it happened to yours and it's great when it happens to mine. Um, it's just a stupid way to go about things. But <laughs> I will say one thing he mentioned was Utah's offense is going to be fire. Might be. It might be. And I will say, I think this part is probably the absolute most important thing to think of when talking about this game, or the most important thing to consider when talking about this game. Cameron Rising, Utah's starting quarterback. He had surgery to repair a torn ACL in January. Okay? January. And I, I will say, I see a lot of Gators fans going, oh, he had surgery to repair a torn ACL in January. There is no way he's going to be able to play August 31st. I don't think that's true. I agree that he's going to play week one. Cam Rising is known as a bit of an Iron Man. You know, he could take a whooping and he'll keep coming back for more. However... I pretty firmly believe there is no shot that Cam Rising is going to be 100% for week one. And that is so important here. Because when you go back to last year, which obviously these teams have changed, there's been a good deal of roster turnover, especially on Florida side of the ball, or on Florida side of things which we'll talk about in the next segment. But when you look back to last year, when it was Florida versus Utah, and when you look back to most Utah games, Cam Rising, and I've said this multiple times, Cam Rising does something better than almost every single quarterback in the country right now. He picks up first downs with his legs when he needs to. Last year against Florida, Cam Rising had seven carries 
for 91 yards, including a 26-yard run. Okay? So even if you take that away, that's what? Six for 65? And there were no other runs that went longer than 15 yards. So he's pretty much consistently picking up that like 10-ish range. Also, Utah had 25 total first downs last year against Florida. Four of those were picked up with Cam Rising running the ball. Not even including plays where he extended the play with his legs and threw for a first down. No, four of the 25 Utah first downs were picked up with his legs. And I realize four of 25 sounds like such a minuscule number to care about. However, one, that's more than 10%. Two, those first downs led to other first downs. Okay? Those, you know, him, uh, Cam Rising picking up a first down with his legs extended a drive that led to other first downs. If he doesn't pick those up, they probably only get like 17 first downs in the entire game. Okay? He ain't doing that week one of the 2023 season. He's not. I understand he's going to play. I don't even care how healthy you tell me he is or how unhealthy you tell me he is. My expectation is Cam Rising's going to play in week one. But he will not have that mobility. He he just can't. It, it's as simple as that. Like, I, I think that the odds of him being able to run the way that he usually does, like 3%. It's not likely. It's not happening. And he's still... Plenty dangerous as a passer, but Tavion Thomas, their leading rusher last year, gone. Cam Rising, not 100%. Those two guys alone combined for 1,152 rushing yards last year. You don't have those, okay? You don't have those to start 2023. And even on top of that, like, sure, Cam Rising, not running for first downs. He could still throw the ball. Your play-action game is probably going to be hurt if you're Utah. Because those, you know, uh, that that 13 personnel, one running back, three tight ends, those sets that you like to run, and then you go under center, and you run play action, and you boot out, probably not going to be able to do that too much. Because Cam Rising's just not going to be as much of a threat on the boot. Let's also look at Florida's biggest change, defensive coordinator. You go from Patrick Tony to Austin Armstrong. And that's especially important because Patrick Tony loved playing quarters and cover three, okay? And, and not blitzing a ton. When you do that and you have a quarterback that can run, if you bust a coverage or or if, let's say, it's quarters and corner goes deep or receiver goes deep, corner has to go with him, you have a linebacker dropping back and covering a huge area of the field, you could pick up those short first downs with your legs. Not going to happen because with Austin Armstrong, the defensive system – they're going to be looking to live in the backfield. Utah's run heavy. They've always been run heavy. And their quarterback, not going to be able to move a ton. Cam Rising's not moving a ton. Fully expect Austin Armstrong, who we know is incredibly aggressive to begin with, I fully expect him to be more aggressive than usual because he's going to know, hey, we have a quarterback who cannot move as well as he usually does. We have an offense that wants to run the ball a ton get in the backfield. And that's going to be the approach that they're going to take, and it's going to work, I think. So it's as simple as that. Now, we do need to talk about this roster turnover because that was a huge point that uh, that, that Matt raised. 
But first, I will tell you that today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Bird Dogs, which the most comfortable shorts you've ever worn. I mentioned on Sunday, I went to go play mini golf in them. I shot a 58. Yesterday, I went to go play basketball in them by myself. Don't worry. I know. I know I'm sick. Not going near a ton of people. But, you know, and I suck at shooting regardless, so I didn't shoot well. But I felt comfortable and I looked good while doing it. So that's really, that's really all that matters, right? You just got to look good while doing it. Ask Kyle Kuzma. Because um, <laughs> we know that about him. But uh, when you go to Bird Dogs, like you get the most comfortable shorts and the most versatile shorts. And you know me. Versatility is the name of the game here. Go to birddogs.com slash college or enter promo code LockedOnCollege for a free Yeti-style tumbler with every order and you won't want to take your bird dogs off. I promise you, they're, they're, they're insanely comfortable. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And now we're going to talk about roster turnover. Because that, that's obviously important every single year. And Matt mentioned, you know, hey, Florida lost several key pieces. Utah returned a lot of guys, especially mostly on the defensive side. But... And, and they added two more starters in the transfer portal. Great. Good for them. For Florida, you lost Anthony Richardson, which sucks. But as I've been saying pretty much since Graham Mertz came in, I think when you go from Anthony Richardson to Graham Mertz, your rushing attack is going to fall off because they don't have to respect the quarterback run as much. So they get to just look at what your running backs are doing. Your offense as a whole will probably almost definitely be less explosive and less dynamic again, because your quarterback's not that much a rushing threat. So they don't have to worry about him too much, but I think that the passing attack while still being less explosive and less dynamic will be more reliable and more consistent. Love Anthony Richardson. Love that he went fourth overall. Love that he went to the Colts too. However, you can't deny that there were multiple times where he just missed easy throws. I'm talking slants, curls, digs. I'm not talking about, oh, a deep ball wide open. I'm talking about literally like like the, the pitch and catch kind of throws. He missed kind of often. Shot the, shot the offense in the foot a few times. That should not happen with Graham Mertz. So yeah, you lose the explosiveness, but you probably develop a bit of consistency in the passing game. Three offensive line starters left. You did Osiris Torrance to the NFL. Ethan White is, I mean, he he transferred to USC and then he like withdrew from USC and he's not anywhere that I know of right now. And Michael Tarquin, also USC. And here's the thing, I can't even argue anything factual about this one because we don't know who's going to be the starters here. Mike Mazuka, is he going to be healthy for week one? We don't know if it's going to be Damian George, Keonta Goodwin. We don't know who's stepping up. What we do know is that Florida lost three starters from last year. Yes. We also know that or Florida lost four starters from last year. So he was actually wrong when he said that too. Um, but we do know that one of those starters was replaced by Austin Barber. And we know that the other starters will probably be replaced by other Power 5 players. That actually played. Damian George, Micah Mazuka, if, if he's healthy, Micah Mazuka was second best guard in the country last year. 
I'm cool with her replacing the best guard in the country last year because the best guard in the country is in the NFL. So Mike Mazuka is the best returning guard in the country. Javon Dexter, him leaving definitely sucks. However, like I said, all season last year, he was largely ineffective. Whether it was what many, including myself, perceived to be a lack of effort, whether it was his not quick first step, or whether it was just complete exhaustion from playing significantly more snaps than any other defensive tackles. Also, you lost both starting safeties. That is true. And two starting linebackers. That is also true. Okay. Florida lost two undrafted free agent safeties, which I usually don't don't take a knock on, but Matt thinks that's relevant when he wants to talk about why Utah upgraded because their linebacker went undrafted. So it's relevant now. I'm, I'm making it relevant. Lost two starting safeties that were undrafted free agents, ran the two slowest 40 times from safeties at the combine. And frankly, one of them, Rashad Torrance, should not have gone to the NFL. That was just a poor decision on his part. Whoever told him to do that probably made the wrong call. Okay. But you lost them. Okay. Linebackers losing Ventrell and Amari Bernie, definitely going to be felt. I think more on the leadership and communication side of things. Because for so long, Ventrell was the guy. However, 2023 is going to be, it's going to be Shamar James replacing Amari Bernie, but is it going to be Taraja Mitchell or Derek Wingo at the mic? Who knows at this point in time. However, I think one of the ways that you can kind of supplement losing that communication and losing that leadership is with the aggression of Austin Armstrong's defense. Just like, oh yeah, like communication breakdowns are going to happen regardless. But if you're living in the backfield and you could just cause havoc, that it's not as important because you have less time to break down. So, so there's that. Let's look at Utah's side of things. And also, I don't care too much about Florida losing their treasure portal players because, and I mean, most of them did not play and probably weren't going to this year. But let's look at Utah's side of things. There was one departure that he really mentioned. And no, it wasn't Clark Phillips, one of the best Utah corners to ever play. No, he didn't mention that because that's not that's not relevant at all. Like, that'd be stupid to think that's relevant, that you lost one of the best corners Utah's ever had. Silly. No, his main selling point was you lost Mahmoud Diabate. Okay? He went to the NFL, and he was an undrafted free agent. So it's fine that you lost him because you added Levani Damuni. Okay? You added Levani Damuni. And so that's fine that you lost Mahmoud Diabate because you upgraded. You lost an undrafted free agent. You added the leading tackler from Stanford. So that's an upgrade, which two things about that. One, using tackles to go, oh, he's good, is maybe the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Okay? Just plain and simple. Oh, this safety had a ton of tackles. Because your front seven sucked. And so they were constantly just running backs were constantly going through and the safety had to make the stop. Oh, corner had a ton of tackles. He's a great tackling corner. Because he allowed 45 catches this year and just made the tackles after that. 
His linebacker had a ton of tackles last year. He's really fast. And they got through the defensive line. The defensive line did their job. 30% of playing linebacker is having a good defensive front in front of you that can give you a space to operate. Okay? So I don't care if you're the leading tackler. Tackles are an effort stat and honestly a collaborative effort. So stupid. Second, congratulations. You lost Mahmoud Diabate and you replaced him with Levani Demuni. Congrats. You lost a starting linebacker on the best defense in the Pac-12. And you replaced him with a three-year starter and a starting linebacker on the second worst defense in the Pac-12. Hell of a job. You should be... Don't even play the season. Just give Utah the natty. Just give him the natty. It doesn't matter. It's over. Just don't even play the season. It's it's a wrap. In fact, give Levani Demuni the Heisman because he's that good. Now, see how silly that is? Like, I, I just... It just makes no sense to me. It makes no sense to me. You lost starters that were undrafted free agents, and that's going to kill your team. We lost a starter that was undrafted free agent. We're so much better now. Okay. To wrap up today's show, we're going to talk about something that I think a lot of college football fans discuss because I think it's most important in college football than any sport. It's, it's not the most important thing, but it's more important in college football than any sport. More important in college football than the NBA, college basketball, the NFL, baseball, anything. Home field advantage. Okay? Yes, Utah is a great football team at home against other Pac-12 teams. And that's important to remember. And I, I truly think that's incredibly important to remember. Because Utah, great against other Pac-12 teams. You cannot even argue that. Like, that's just a, a complete fact. And you should be proud of that. Like, you're the best crowd in the Pac-12, probably. You could argue that. You could argue that, that Utah is the best crowd in the Pac-12. I think most people would not argue with you. Um, Maybe you go Oregon. USC gets a lot of people, but I don't think they're actually great. Washington's pretty good, too. Um, but whatever. And the elevation is going to matter for Florida. Going from Gainesville to Salt Lake City, elevation's a huge difference. It's going to matter. Same way that last year Utah fans were like, humidity's not going to matter because Utah plays at higher elevation. So they just cancel each other out. That's not true. They're different things. So Florida, yes, you're used to playing humidity. You're not used to playing the thin air and that elevation. So that's going to impact Florida. What I don't like is when I see fans go, the crowd of Utah is going to be just, just deafening. Florida doesn't stand a chance with the Utah crowd. Let, let's, let's talk this through for a second. Okay, so Florida plays at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, which you can see behind me, which right now, yes, there are going to be some changes and, and people hate that. But the Swamp has a capacity of 88,548, okay? 
Okay, that's pretty big, right? Rice Eccles Stadium, Utah, has a capacity of 51,444. Now, yes, obviously your own home crowd is way different from a hostile home crowd. But even if Florida and Utah, or Florida at Utah, is a sellout crowd, 51,444, that is lower than the average attendance for every SEC school outside of Vanderbilt. Every SEC school last year. Okay? Mississippi State's close, Missouri's close, but nothing. Like, you're not even a little close to most of the SEC schools. So, for me, your crowd could be as rowdy and rambunctious as they want to be. You're nothing to the SEC crowd. You're nothing to going up against a hostile environment in the SEC. And before anyone wants to say it, yes, Florida lost on the road to Vanderbilt. That's totally true. Had nothing to do with the crowd. We've seen Florida get rattled by crowds before, but they're huge crowds. Utah, even if you sell out, will not be a huge crowd. You'd be bottom tier in the SEC. Matt thinks Utah is going to win 42 to 17. Okay. I don't know who's going to win this game. I think it's going to be a one score game in either direction. I said this last year, and Utah fans were pissed. But I'm saying it again this year. This is a 50 50 game. Utah, I think right now, has a better top-to-bottom roster. However, I think that they're dealing with injuries and replacing a lot of players, which does matter, or replacing key players, we'll say. Dalton Kincaid, Tavian Thomas, not having full he- fully healthy uh, Cam Rising, Clark Phillips. Okay, but still, I, th- I think a better top-to-bottom roster right now. However, Florida... First off, beat you last year, Utah, in case you forgot. Florida won last year, and Florida got better from last year. Unequivocal, undeniable fact, Florida got better from last year. More talented roster from last year. And they beat you with a worse roster. They have a better defensive coordinator now. And honestly, I'm not sold that Utah got better. So you lost to a worse Florida team last year. You could lose. To a better Florida team this year. You could argue Florida shouldn't have won last year, but they did. And that's what matters. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators football. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33, and I'll see you all tomorrow.